our podcast out to the Texas Rangers Golf Club for the third annual Veritex Bank Championship. Get ready to hear lots of stories around people who work behind the scenes at the Corn Ferry Tour, volunteers, players, and everything above. You're going to have a great time listening to all of our stories. So welcome to the show. I am so excited that you'll get to meet Emily Tello, who is with the Corn Ferry Tour. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. One of the things I love about working on this podcast is people with a purpose and just finding out what drives people. And so, Emily, tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into golf. Sure. So started playing golf when I was 12, actually because I didn't make the middle school volleyball team. And I was really, <laughs> I was really upset. And so I lived in a neighborhood with a golf course at the time. And my parents were like, why don't you take weekly lessons? And so did it. And it's funny, looking back, it's like, you don't really know if there was never one moment where I was like, I'm going to play this for the rest of my life. But I just kind of kept coming back day by day. Yeah. And the sport got me hooked. And that led to playing in high school. That led to a college golf scholarship at Boston University. And then golf ultimately led me to my full-time job here at the tour. So I interned with the PGA Tour the summer before my senior year of college and loved it a ton and got placed in the communications department. And that kind of was the beginning point of my career. And seven years later, have been able to hold various roles in the organization and now currently Corn Ferry Tour, which has been a blast. That's awesome. Well, one of the things I'm always interested in women in business and how they got there, right? Your trajectory said, okay, I played high school golf, I played golf in college, but it kept leading you to golf, right? But what was your degree in? Sure. So I actually majored in finance and minored in communications. And so I wasn't sure if I wanted to go the traditional finance route, you know, work for a big four, like many of my classmates were. But so I kind of did an internship there before my junior year and enjoyed it. But I was like, I just don't know if like my heart is in it per se. And I always kind of thought it'd be so cool to combine my love of kind of writing, communication, relationships, and then the a little bit more of the, the numbers, like the enjoyment of the numbers side of the game, and then also just the game of golf. And so when I got the internship with the PGA Tour, that kind of sealed the deal. I love that. I mean, I think that's a really good way of saying love what your passion is. And so you can find work at it. It's just a, a blessing. And you're one of the lucky ones to get to find that. So that's good. Tell me a little bit, if someone's looking for a career in you know, sports or golf, what advice would you give to them? Experience and no matter what level and don't be afraid or don't be turned off by even what you might deem as small tasks. So when I started out in communications, I kind of just was a utility player, which was great because it exposed me to everything and basically I took on any and all projects because it gave me a chance to learn and so I think for so many candidates coming out of college it's just about getting that experience whether you want to focus on event operations intern for a local minor league baseball team or something I think so much of that is experience but also who you know too and just a right. lot of times it's connections and building that network and being able to play the sport of golf has helped me because one person you might get paired with could know someone who knows someone and you just never know. It's a small world in sports too, and especially in golf. So a lot of it is just connections and putting your name out there too. Yeah, something that's interesting, I've heard from Hugh and I heard from Hagen and a couple of our other players from the, uh, Cheyenne Knight and from Kristen Gilman. It's like, don't rest too much on where you are because it can be ever-changing and those opportunities provide different opportunities, right? hundred percent. And people are really willing to help you too. Like if you, if you are genuine and authentic and show that you care and have kind of that 
vision or that purpose of where you want to go to and put in the work, obviously. But I've had so many people just the sport of golf who I've met who have just opened doors for me. And that's how, you know, that's how you land internships and jobs. And of course, you have to kind of be qualified candidate and stuff, too. But like that, the extra step and the extra layer of who do you know that knows someone you just never know what a good referral can do. Yeah, I always say, you know, look, the minimum is you got to be competent, mm-hmm. but it's certainly networking never stops and knowing someone who knows someone never stops as well. But I think it's also just what I loved about what you said, and what others said is something that I found in my own career is that it was a, I did a lot of little things to get me where I am. And sometimes the little things felt like, oh, my gosh, I may, you know, why am I doing this? But it actually helped me get where I was. That's and, spot on. Yeah. It's doing the little things well and not neglecting little opportunities to be more efficient, improve the efficiency of your team, make your boss's job easier or just be proactive. So you can't overlook that. I think that's so crucial because a lot of times you wonder, you know, how did Levanda get to where she is today? And it's like, because every single moment she was crushing it at her current role and just continuing to do really well. And that leads to more opportunities. That's such good advice for not only women, but for all people, right? In any career stage of their life that they, you know, whatever they want to do. So I asked this question of you and I want to ask it again, 12 year old Emily, what advice would you give 12 year old Emily? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think for me it's, and it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with being where your feet are too. I forget who shared that phrase with me, but being patient and putting in the work in the moment and not being afraid to recognize that in the sports industry too, it's it's a long game, you know? Instant gratification is, there's really no recipe for that. You have to just put in the work and be patient and trust the process. And golf teaches you that very quickly because the minute you start focusing on what score you want to get on the hole, that's usually when you start getting bad shots. So I feel like 12 year old Emily, just be a little bit more patient. Trust that faith is important to me. Trust that God has a plan, you know, and that he's going to put the right people in your life or put the right opportunities in your life when you're ready for them. That's awesome. Great advice for all of us. Thank you, Emily, for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for everything you guys do too, for Corn Free Tour, for golf. You're so invested and involved in the space. So it means a ton and we're grateful to have you as partners. Thank you so much. Kristen Gilman, who is one of the golfers for Veritex Bank, and Kristen has been with us. We were just talking about how long she's been with Veritex Bank, and it's been about four years, and so we're so excited to have someone of Kristen's caliber and character to represent us on the tour. So, Kristen, how have you been doing? I've been good. Thank you so much for having me here. I love being part of Veritex Bank. This is my first time I'm actually in town and able to make it out to this Corn Ferry event, and so I'm really excited to be here and hear about all the hype, and so I'm excited to see what all it's about. Well, it's got to be hype, right? Yeah. Right? So, listen. And Chris, I've been talking to a lot of people over the last couple of days and a lot of women in sports. And some of the women I've been talking to are behind the scenes and the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour. And for someone who's on the other side of putting on a tour, tell me what the advice that you would give to young women who say, listen, I want to be a professional golfer. What would your advice be to them? I think just make sure you enjoy it through the process. Yeah. I think professional golf and playing any sport in general, it can be really hard at times. And I think that making sure that you enjoy it and I feel like that's the biggest advice I have to girls because I feel like if you're having fun then you're probably going to play better and it's just overall going to be more enjoyable make sure you create some good friends out there and just have it be an environment that is fun to be in and I think that'll make you more successful yeah I think anything you have to do it's a grind right but Mm -hmm. you have to love what you do 
I think even more than just like a regular job, because it is a grind. It's really about what you do, what you put into it. Mm -hmm. No one can make you put more into it. There's nobody doing that. Tell me what is the thing that keeps you motivated to keep going? I'm sure that you've had success and you've had things that you wish you would did better. So when you get finished with a bad hole, what's your mental state? Are you able to let it go? Yeah, I think I'm definitely getting better at that. I feel like that's always something that no matter what is, it's going to be hard to do. But I think that making sure that you kind of have quick memory, especially when it comes to the bad shots, just forget it. Uh, <laughs> tell yourself that this already happened. There's nothing you can do about it. And just make sure you don't let it affect your attitude and just stay positive going forward. Tell me about your travel. You get to travel everywhere, right? So where's one of your favorite places to play? <laughs> Tough question. I don't know. I honestly love just all the places we go to. I went to Ireland last year. That was oh, pretty wow. fun. I feel like golf brings you so many cool places, especially on Epson tour. I feel like we play in a lot of smaller towns. Right. And so I think that kind of brings us to towns that we Wouldn't I would never go to if we didn't have the Epson tour. And so I think that just being able to see all the different areas of the world and especially the people that you meet there, it's fun just to see, oh, I love explore that. new places. Never really thought about that. And it's also towns that, you know, may not get to see professional sports. Mm-hmm. And so that they have a tour come through town is probably a big deal for them as well. Yeah. I think it's definitely a big deal like whenever Epson goes to a lot of the places, especially the smaller towns, everyone there gets involved and so it makes it fun and just kind of see the whole community get involved in it. Well, we're so excited to have you still be a Veritex Bank ambassador and excited that you came out today. Thank you, Kristen. Have a fun time today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Hey, everybody. I'm here today uh, talking with one of our volunteers and one of our executives at Veritex Bank, Mike Coins. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thank you for having me. Hey, so tell me a little bit about why you decided to volunteer at the Veritex Bank Championship. Well, number one, I love golf. You do love golf. I do love I golf. I forgot you love it. I give you third place in Veritex. I know. Golf. I need some more golf cred around Veritex. <laughs> I just haven't gotten it yet. No, I love golf. Just love being outside. And the one thing I love about Veritex is, I mean, it is all about the team and family and community. And I just think it's really, really cool that everybody from the executive leadership team to people from the branches, yeah. operations, et cetera. The way I look at it is I've got a bunch of my team coming out to yeah. volunteer. And yeah. I want to be out here with them and get to know them. Yeah. Better. It's awesome. It's funny for me, the same thing. I get to see people I don't normally get to see. And right. see them out and they're having such a good time but also just that spirit mm-hmm. that they love what the bank is doing and how they and you know they get a chance to be a part of something right so i really love what's the best job here to volunteer at you know what? So I did hospitality this morning, and we were down at 17 Green and got to meet a bunch of the, the patrons coming in okay. and talk to them, get to know them. But really fun. The, my two volunteer partners were two of the young ladies in the Banker Development Program. Oh, great. Okay. Both from Texas Tech. So I got to talk about them and the okay. rotations they've done and what they're doing and yeah. hear about their experience at Veritex. Yeah. I asked them the question. I said, what's the one thing that surprised you most <laughs> entering from college into the corporate world? And they said, you know, the biggest thing was going to the corporate world world we thought it was going to be really corporate and we were going to be treated just as like Low. these underlings <laughs> exactly right? they said it exactly. hasn't been that way at all everybody's so welcoming and they're learning such a ton and they said the thing that we really like is through the rotation she said it seems like everybody really wants to mentor us and help oh. us learn and i was like that's great love to hear that that's a commercial for the bank i think i'll take that one that's a more go. recruiting one we'll love bring that it on. <laughs> bring it right well thanks mike listen we want to thank you and your team and really allowing your team to come out and help volunteer at the bank it takes all of us to put an event like this on so really thank Thank you for all your support with that and thank your team for us as well. Definitely. Thanks, Mike. Bye. It's 
Dunk here today with Holly McKay, who is the committee chair for hospitality. And Holly, we're so lucky, we call her Happy Holidays all the time because she's always happy. But Holly is works for the Veritex Bank and always takes on a role and just is such a, you know, she's one of those people you always want to be around. So Holly, tell me a little bit about why you decided to volunteer at the Veritex Bank Championship. Well, it's an opportunity to get out of the office and meet people and see people that I know and meet people at other locations and to help the bank in the community outreach. Love that. You know, what's fun about it is that everybody thinks these jobs are so, it's like, oh, I'm going to go out there and just sit around. It's sometimes it can be a little work, right? You're coordinating events, you're coordinating schedules. People don't always like where they get to go, so they want to do something else. So tell me how you handle all that. Well, luckily, Anair Sports helped us with the coordination of the schedules and just trying to put the right person in the right job. If you're a Veritex employee, it's been great because you can see customers. Right. And you can also see other employees that maybe work at another location you don't get to see very often. Yeah. So we tried to pair people that work well together, too, and we know from past yeah. experiences. Yeah, that, you know, I think it's really cool you put people together. And I, when I walk around and see all these people that I haven't seen in a while, it's really nice to see that. It makes a lot of shining faces. So, Patty, I know you've done this for quite a time since we've had the Veritex Bank Championship. You've been a volunteer. What's the best job you've had while you've been volunteering? Well, I've always been in hospitality, and this one's kind of nice because I get to put some of the people that are up above me, they have to work for me for once. I think that was a dig at me. Um, (laughs) And I'm happy to do it, Holly. Whatever you say goes. (laughs) No, that's great. No, it's been great. Just enjoying being outside and getting people to communicate and have a good time and fun outside yeah. of the work. Yeah, it's really fun. Makes a little engagement of our employees a little bit closer to us so they get a little more engaged with what we do every day. They see a different side of the bank than what they would just in a, every day in the office kind of a deal, right? Right. Yeah. Well, thanks, Holly, for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, LaWanda. I'm here today with Martin Flores, who's just finished his first round at the Veritex Bank Championship. A really good round, Martin. Congratulations. Thank you. Great job. So it's interesting, Martin, you played on the Corn Ferry now for how many years? Let's see, 11, 16, 19, and then 22, 23. How does it make you feel? How are you feeling out there? I feel good. Good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me what you like about playing in the North Texas area. One is I'm around my friends and family. Yeah. So my parents got to come watch. You know, I get to go home today to my kids. Yeah. You know, they have gymnastics tonight. Yeah. So I get to be in my own bed. Grand is a little bit of a drive. It's about 45 minutes. Yeah. But just being able to be at home, it seems to be a pretty relaxing week as opposed to when I'm on the road. And then just my parents don't get to see me play too often. So it's really nice to play in front of them. I saw you. Yesterday, you had texted said your dad, I guess, just had recent surgery. And two weeks he's going to have it. Yep. So, he was, so that's great that he was able to come out and watch you and see yeah. you and everything. That's great. Yeah, he's having knee replacement surgery, I guess. Not next Tuesday, but then the Tuesday after that. So we were yeah. kind of uh, prepping for that a yeah. little bit. And well, we'll keep him in our prayers as oh, well. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about, Martin, when you go out and you're playing, you know, we've talked quite a few times on these kind of podcasts. We uh-huh. always talk about the same thing about golf. But look, you're obviously a good player, and that goes without saying. But I want to really know is what drives you to keep going. I know it can't be easy every week. No. No. So tell me what drives you to keep going. I guess one is I know I can do it. Yeah. And then two is 
I love the grind yeah. and I love to improve. I love competing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the only thing that's pretty tough is, you know, you're not around your family too much. So right. I do enjoy what I do. I feel like I'm good at what I do. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, I love to play. Yeah, I think being competitive, though, and having that competitive nature really helps yeah. that grind because it obviously is a grind. It is. Going out every day. So tell me about, you like playing North Texas, I guess, because you can be around your family a little bit more and that's mm-hmm. helpful. So other than North Texas, where do you like playing the most? Ooh, that's See, a good question. Put you on the spot. Pretty much anywhere that has good weather. Really? <laughs> I'll take anything with good weather. <laughs> you know, I like the golf in the Northeast. I like that type of the tree line, bit yeah. grass. It's hard to beat California. You have Pebble Beach, the scenery yeah. out there. But yeah, um, yeah those, those are a few places, a few regions, I guess, that I like. But really, I just I like playing in good weather. Nice well, like today. Today's a nice day, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, listen, we love having you come by and see us. And I, like I said, I got to watch you a couple of holes really good. So I was excited to see that. So tomorrow will be another day. I wish you the very best. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. here with Grant Hirschman, who just finished the first round of the Veritex Bank Championship. So Grant, how'd it go today? It was a good day. I got off to a pretty slow start out there, but played the last 10 holes or so yeah. really well and closed well. So let me ask you a question. This is second or third year at the Veritex Bank Championship? Third year. So what are the weather conditions different than last year? Because they were pretty windy last year, right? It was very windy <laughs> last year. I think I remember it being a little cold even two years ago. So yeah. the weather here is perfect this okay. year. It's been very, very nice nice scoring conditions but also just nice to yeah. be out here and hanging out that's great tell me about on the corn fair you guys are working every day practicing all the time playing in tournaments so what motivates you to stay on the grind every day to keep playing well uh, it's just something i dreamed of always growing up and something i always wanted to achieve was being a professional golfer and making it to the pga tour so it's kind of a lifelong goal and a current goal that's just kind of the drive behind it and then i want to do it for family and friends as well i love when i hear it's like i've always i've dreamed about it right there's something i worked for when I was little and I always wanted to do it. What's the hardest thing, though, about keeping it up? What do you have to tell yourself every morning? This is what I love, or is it work for you even? Yeah, I always have to give myself reminders. I'm very fortunate and lucky to play yeah. pro golf because obviously thousands wish they could be in yes. the, the spot I'm in. Right. So I have to give myself that reminder, and that just keeps you going. Yeah, I think that's really great that you had to remind yourself that you are one of the few that get to play in the corn fairy. It takes a lot of talent to get there. I was talking with someone the other day about it. I don't think people realize how hard it is to make it on the Corn Ferry Tour, Mm -hmm. but the talent that is here, these are really good players, mm-hmm. and that for you to be here says a lot about your talent yeah. as well. Yeah, it's obvi- it's really easy to look up at the PGA Tour and wish you were here, but you got to remind yourself there's a lot that want to be here as well. Yeah, I think it's a really great story. So tell me what you do in your off time, or do you have off time? You're a little, a little bit off time. <laughs> Hunting and fishing, anything outdoors. Okay. I'll go on hikes if I can, if I'm in the mountains. Yeah. But yeah, anything outdoors, that's usually where I like to be. Okay, so so you're like being in the outdoors. You're not like a video gamer, right? No, I have my moments with video games. <laughs> If all my buddies are playing, I'll get on for a little bit. But okay. for the most part, anything outdoors. <laughs> so when you're playing in Texas, is it hard to play in front of your family and friends? It depends on how you kind of look at it. You definitely want to play well and perform, especially right. in front of a big sponsor and just everything and family and friends. But I like playing in front of a crowd. I like having friends out there. I think it helps me focus a little bit more. So I enjoy it. Some others may not, but I like the home game. That's interesting because I have heard both. Some people would rather no one else even know they're around. Other people like the energy that their family and friends give yeah, to them. Yeah, I had a few family and friends out today. And yeah. It was fun to have some hollers and yells when you make a birdie. 
Yeah, I think that's great. So I think one of the things about Texas golf, too, is so many of you live in this area. Do you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? Yes. So how long have you been here? Um, oh, a long time, huh? Four or five years. Okay. I moved here shortly after I graduated in 2018. Okay, now so. where did you graduate from? Oklahoma. Oklahoma, that's mm-hmm. right. Okay. One last thing I wanted to ask you about. So if you had any way you could go back and say, okay, Grant, this is my 12-year-old self, what would you say to 12-year-old Grant? Mm, golf related or just in general? anything give the um, advice to 12 year old grant that you go i wish i'd have known golf related i would tell myself to not get so mad and break as many clubs <laughs> because my anger and temper was pretty bad when i was young really it's not very it's very mild now okay i learned it really doesn't matter everyone hits bad golf shots right so you just always see the really good ones on tv <laughs> so that would be my golf reminder for myself how about just growing up just like were you hard on yourself I was pretty hard on myself I would just say to always do what is fun for you yeah too many times I felt like I was like chasing things that I really shouldn't have and yeah just, if you're having fun it's it. okay what they always say if you can find out what you love doing and get paid for it that's yeah. a real good do it, thing do it, do it, for it. as long as you can <laughs> exactly <laughs> well it's really nice to talk to you Grant good luck with the rest of the tournament thank you thank you Texas Banking with Parker Pudi. Parker just finished his first round at the Veritex Bank Championship. This is his first time to play in the championship, if I remember right. Yes, that's right. Were you a part of the national championship for University of Texas? I was, yes. Okay, what year? Uh, This past year, 2022. Eight, nine months ago? Nine months ago, he's a part of the national championship golf team at the University of Texas, and now he's out on the Corn Ferry. Okay, Parker, (laughs) there's got to be a difference in college play and the Corn Ferry play, right? Really not as much as you think. I think the score or at least like the top guys are yeah. very similar but I think it's just deeper fields if that makes sense yeah I mean like, I don't know what four is tied this week right now but four is further down leaderboard obviously than if it was a collegiate event with the same amount of people but I think college golf definitely does prepare you for professional golf oh yeah and the so. way you're pl- way you guys play of course so tell me a little bit about when you play in North Texas where your family mm-hmm. is from do you like playing in front of family and friends or does it make you more nervous playing in front of them I want to say make me more nervous I mean them coming out that's awesome some support and I'm yeah. glad they do but it's definitely a little hectic or more going on yeah. I, I would say just because everyone's out there usually you get so in the zone you don't really like notice people okay. if that makes sense but when you see familiar faces like really familiar faces yeah. it's hard not to like oh hey like, yeah because you're right in the middle of the zone yeah. like in the tournament yeah. so but I mean I'd definitely rather them be out there than not and all y'all out here it's, yeah. it's really cool to be able to play this week well we're so excited to have you as a Veritex Bank ambassador we're so excited to have you on board with us but one of the things I want to talk to you about is that when I saw you finish your round today you went immediately and started practicing so why do you do that I, I would be like I'm done <laughs> I guess it's just habit because on the course typically you have some feels that you like or mm-hmm. that are working well and it's just to kind of reinforce it I did good things today yeah I mean mostly good things yeah but there's definitely a couple of things I would have liked to do better and hopefully kind of correct that going down the rest of the week so but I mean that's the reason yeah I'm just gonna ask you though because you do it so quickly is that that muscle memory is there a reason why you go right after a round yeah or? also it's just that, that way you stay loose i mean because okay. if i go sit down and eat and then <laughs> if i come over here and talk for yeah. 15 or 20 minutes it be offensive. then you're 30 40 minutes just standing there from your last shot and it probably won't happen but just the off chance like your back flares up a little bit okay. or something like that just where that way it's fresh off the course like right. your thoughts are clear on what you want to do right and that way you're also still warm from your
around. So um, I'm going to ask you this, and you're, you've just graduated from school and you're doing so well. What do you think about being on the Corn Fairy Tour? I mean, do you see the difference as far as practice? I know you probably practice a lot with college, but is it a different practice route or you have the same really practice routine that you always have? Really the same practice routine. I would say it's just kind of refining things out here. I mean, everyone really hits it far enough. Everyone can make putts. Everyone can hit whatever it is. Right. It's more about just keeping in front of you and knowing how you can maximize your golf game. I think the guys that really play well out here and go to the tour and stay out there, right. they know their games better than anyone. Yeah. There are guys on the tour that I hit it well past, and there are guys on tour that put it much better than I do. There's definitely just an understanding of what you need to do. Yeah. And everyone's trying to find that. So. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Golf is really about what you do and not what everybody else is doing. You can't control anything <laughs> exactly. other than what you do. So. Exactly. So that's a little bit different than right. some sports, right? So one last thing I just want to ask you about is that when you were growing up, what was the drive that you really had to find to compete at this level? Because this is really high-level competition. And so where did you find that drive and what made you want to keep going? I'm sure you got frustrated sometimes. So tell me why you kept going. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, golf, as you know, is probably more frustrating games out there. But good golf is so gratifying. It feels so good because you do spend so many hours into it. And I guess growing up, you spend all those hours and you have some right. success. And then you want more success. And I think winning is one of the best feelings out there. It, it feels so good. Yeah. And do it. Like you said, as the levels keep getting higher, right. it feels better better and, and you know you're the work's paying off so I mean that's really what the motivation is just keep going and yeah and luckily I've had some great motivation with with my family and my granddad and then Pearson's played great too so yeah that's motivation's awesome. more than there yeah and a little bit of competitiveness right very much so yes. <laughs> I love a little competitiveness <laughs> so the last question for you is so what advice would you give to younger players who's you know maybe they're in the North Texas PGA playing the little yeah. tours that they're doing what advice would you give to those younger players who say I want to be the next Parker Cootie I would tell them play as much golf as you can, play as many tournaments as you can, learn how to get the ball in the hole. It's so easy to sit on the range or sit on the putting green and just kind of get everything to look perfect. I would Fundamentals are part of it, but yeah. understanding how to get the ball in the hole when it doesn't feel that great or understanding how to really let things go when you do get off to a great start. I mean, there's definitely a fine line where yeah. just getting uncomfortable but making that comfortable. I know it's much no. easier said than done, but I definitely say that's be my best biggest advice to okay. a junior golfer. So, yeah, junior golfer, ha- play more. Don't play just more practice. And, yeah, learn how to get the ball in the hole on good and bad days. Yeah, that's great. Well, there's always, there's never a bad day for a good game of golf, right? Correct. <laughs> okay. That's correct. <laughs> that's great. Well, thank you, Park, for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I'm here today at the Truth in Texas Banking Podcast with Pearson Cootie. And Pearson just got off his second round today. Yes. How was it? It could have gone better. I'm at three under, and that's around T60, <laughs> T62. So I really need some strong wins this afternoon. It's, a, it's not a fun place to be as a professional golfer sitting on the cut line. So I don't know how I'm about to go kill six hours, but get, hey, I get know. it, right? I mean, yeah. it's okay. There's nothing you can do about it, right? Well, you could play better, but <laughs> technically, I guess at this point, there's nothing I can do about it now that my round's over. So just hope I can sneak in the cut somehow and then have a good weekend. If not, try to get a good mindset and go to the next one. Exactly, exactly. So I wanted to ask you, I talked with Parker yesterday and I'd asked him the same question. So what's the difference between 
playing, you know, collegiate golf and playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. Is there a difference? Uh, yes, absolutely. There's a difference. The difference being that like the best players are a couple shots better each time. Okay. And the consistency is just so much higher. Uh, maybe three under at a college event might not feel so poor, but out here three under doesn't make the cut a lot of the time. So okay. just being a lot sharper and just being super consistent. I guess about the little things about hitting fairways, hitting greens, and making your short putts. It's just it all adds up, especially over an entire season. And that's what a lot of these guys that are right. uh, have been on the PGA Tour are really good at doing. Right. So you've been out of college what eight months? Yes. So you got a long career ahead of you, of course. And so, but I know how frustrating it can be. So tell me a little bit about. Listen, you just got off your round. I know you're tired. You know, I'm done for a little bit. But what is it like playing in front of friends and family? Does it motivate you more? Or does it take away from your concentration? It doesn't really change the way I feel on the course per se, but it's awesome. Just after the rounds, being able to talk to them, going home, sleeping in my own bed, all the little comfortable things add up. On the course, you're so focused on what you're trying to accomplish, unless you're having just an unbelievable <laughs> day and they're just going crazy for you. Yeah, That's exciting, but uh, it's fun that they get to be able to come see what I do on a daily basis. And that's really what's more special about it. Yeah. I'm so close with all my friends and stuff, and they're golfers, but it's just different because they're so used to us going to the course and just kind of having fun that for them to get to see the professional the side of it. The competition part of it, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. How do you stay motivated? Because, I mean, you guys practice more than you play, right? Right. So how do you stay motivated to practice all the time so you're ready to play? How do you keep the grind going? It's pretty easy to grind it out just because you know that if you don't do the right things, you're not going to be able to perform out here. And that's something that is, it is hard though at times because you'll yeah. have a good week or maybe you have a bad week. Your ups and downs get a little too high or too low. And that's where it's hard to convince yourself to always grind because you might want some rest or all the little things add up. But so that's where it's important, like having good coaches, good people around you, uh, that you just keep the same routine going regardless of how you play. Just same schedule on Monday, same schedule on Tuesday, yeah. same thing on Wednesday. <laughs> all the boring stuff, so you're always ready to tee it up on Thursday. Yeah, a lot of people have said about this is that, you know, it's always those little things you do every day that make the biggest difference when you go to play. It's never like the one thing. It's all those little things, you know, practicing putt, seeing your long game, whatever it's going to be. So one, let me ask you one question because I know you're tired. When you were younger and you played golf, you know, you and Parker would be competitive, whatever. What advice would you give to your younger self about how you're going to do this and what you're going to do to be a professional golfer? What would you say differently to yourself? I wish I would have prioritized my short game a little bit more. <laughs> it kind of cost me this week. But in all seriousness, if I was going to tell an eight-year-old, yeah. tell them, hit it far, learn how to move fast. And then from there on, you just have to be a good chipper, a good putter, because everything else in between, I don't say easy to figure out, but those are the intangibles of having a lot of speed off the tee and being a really good around the greens and just having that natural touch. So I think those two are the most important things in golf. And well, when you marry them together, that's what a lot of top players do, like Scotty Scheffler. He yeah. hits it really far and he makes a lot of chips. It's yeah. a pretty deadly combo. That's great. Well, I really thank you for coming by. I know you've had a long day today, but we'll wish the best of luck, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Truth and Texas Banking Podcast. I'm here talking with Mitchell Meiser, who just finished his second round. Yes, ma'am. So how'd it go today? 
You know, it went pretty well. Um, I shot two under. It got tough out there. The greens got real firm. There were yeah. a lot of tough pins to get close to just with how, how firm the greens are. And I birdied my last two holes, eight and nine, right. which is going to be helpful to try and make the cut. So I'm at four. I think just kind of looking at the weather and whatnot, I'm yeah. hoping it's safe. So hoping to be playing tomorrow. Okay, good. Well, we hope you are too, yes, right? So I want to ask you a couple of questions. So you have a brother who plays as well. Absolutely. So what got you guys into golf? You know, my dad, I was born when he was in residency. We, okay. we had, I was born in Charleston, South Carolina, and he had just kind of gotten into golf. Okay. Um, and he just kind of had the bug, got me clubs when I when I turned one, yeah. just like plastic clubs. And I would go play three holes with he and his friends. <laughs> and then my mom would come pick me up just because I couldn't, you know, make yeah. it that many holes. And then yeah. that's kind of how I got into it. Mac was, it took him a little longer. He he what was he would hit stuff in the, you know, house <laughs> with the clubs and stuff. And he was really big into snakes growing up. When he turned about seven or eight, he got into golf when we were playing junior. Yeah. We had moved to San Antonio at that point. Okay, you sent it. Okay, yes, San Antonio. Ma'am. We played junior events together. And yeah. It was nice. Both my parents' sets of parents were in San Antonio. So yeah. during the summer, they would take us to tournaments. Oh, that's so great. Um, and it, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Where did y'all play up. in San Antonio? Did y'all play at a particular yeah, club? Yeah, we, we grew up playing Oak Hills okay. Country Club, which yeah. is, it feels like home every yeah. time I go back. Older members that I've made yeah. really good friends with growing up. So it's always, you, always nice. Did your parents get to come out and see you today? They or? did. They're okay. here. They came in on Wednesday. My aunt and uncle live up in Plano. Okay. Another one of my mom's brothers lives in Frisco. So they all came in. Yeah. Um, we have a few cousins that I think coming out this afternoon. Oh, that's great. So it's been fun. It's been a fun week because just like having family and having yeah. some friends actually be able to come watch. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because a lot of players, when you're from the Texas region or North Texas area, this is probably some of the only time your friends and family have to come watch Absolutely. you. The Corn Ferry schedule, it's it's a great schedule, but it's, you know, we yeah. go to some places that are just not as easy to get to, right. you know, Knoxville and some of like Huntsville, yeah. Alabama. It's just a little more difficult, but right. I had a friend from San Antonio who goes to Davidson. He yeah. was able to come down and come to Savannah a few weeks ago. Oh, and that's then great. A buddy from San Antonio and a buddy from Houston drove up uh, yesterday to come watch, and it's, it's just cool because yeah. you don't, like, growing up, you're playing with your friends. You don't really, like, picture them like spectating and watching you play so is that um, weird it's a little weird but like <laughs> my buddy said he's gonna drink a seltzer every time i make a birdie and i've you know birdied the last two so i think he's gonna have a, have a nice find him? yeah exactly he's, he's somewhere around here <laughs> that's um, great <laughs> but yeah it's really cool to kind of have guys that yeah. you know you grew up playing with yeah. come out and be able to watch and rooting and you on right exactly it's, it's really fun. cool it's yeah really cool. so i wanted to ask you a couple things about you know listen i know that golf you know it's a singular sport but you have a lot of people around to support you but yes, ma'am. how do you keep up with the grind that you have to do all the time to play you know it's a lot about just setting goals you know long-term and short-term goals and because right. you're not necessarily with your team like right. your, your coach and your physical trainer and your mental coach and your caddy and right. you know whomever all the time so it can get a little bit lonely but it's a grind that a lot of golfers and you know myself included enjoy just yeah. because you know you go out there and just seeing little bits of improvement here and there like mm-hmm. my my coach and I a few weeks ago or I guess last week we had a really good just short game session right and you know I worked hard on it the last few days and last week, yeah. kind of Masters weekend. And I think I had 11 putts and got up and down like five out of five times on the back nine. So like to see those little bits of improvement. It helps keep you motivated. It, it really does. Yeah. It, and just like those short-term goals of, okay, let's work on improving my make percentage from six to eight feet or, you know, just yeah. stuff like that. And being able to see the stats actually get better really does help that because it can get a little frustrating. And If and it doesn't, you don't see the improvement, exactly, right? Exactly. So I'm going to ask you about something. So, Cause I always think that people sometimes think golfers are not very competitive. Are you very competitive? Very competitive. I thought you were. Uh, across the board. I think that <laughs> having a brother who also played sport helped kind of aided in that. And, uh-huh. 
we duel it out, basketball, <laughs> ping pong, whatever, yeah. cornhole, whatever it is. Um, we don't like to lose. And yeah. I think that if you aren't competitive as a golfer, you just, I don't think you're going to make it. I think yeah. that you, you have to have that knack that like you want to beat everyone. Yeah, Without I think that's that, interesting, like, right? It's hard. Yeah, you're just never really going to make it as a pro. Like in competitiveness is like, it doesn't have to be outward and necessarily yeah. like, like you see I'm on a basketball court you. or football. Right, exactly. Right. But everyone out here is definitely super competitive yeah. and, and wants to. I think that's really interesting because I hear people, oh, it's golf. There's so many of this. Like, no, they're very competitive. I, I would say that <laughs> recreational golf, maybe not quite as competitive when you're going out and having a few beers with your right, friends. Like right. that's, I can tone out the competitiveness <laughs> then. But yeah. if there's a, a trophy on the line or some money on the line when you, when we're kind of having fun, yeah. it's going to be competitive. I'm, I'm going for it. Yes, ma'am. So I've asked this question of everyone who's come by, so I'm going to ask you. So when you look back and you say, here is 12-year-old Mitchell, what advice would you give about what your future is going to look like? I would say it's not a straight line. The path to reaching your goals is not a straight line at all. When I was 12, I was a good golfer, but I was 4'6", 75 pounds. You know, I was just like short and small and like playing competitive golf at that age was just, you know, a little bit more difficult. And I didn't necessarily get the recruiting offers from, you know, some of the schools that I would have loved to go to, you know, UT and some of these better golf schools with, you know, accolades and, you know, guys that are going to win national championships. And I went to Rice thinking like, okay, I can get a very good not shabby um, yeah education (laughs) here and also still close enough to home but also still you know have a competitive golf environment and again like going through college it just didn't really seem like I was ever going to really pursue professional golf like I was going to get a good degree in economics and I switched to left-handed putting going in my senior spring because I was struggling righty and again it was just like wow like it helped a lot and Uh, wow um, I never heard of that before yeah it (laughs) freed up my mind and made me you know helped me play a little better I had a really good spring and I was like let's pursue pro golf for a little bit and I, I went through Q school missed getting corn fairy status by one at yeah. second stage my first year out and I spent the last three years on Latin American tour and just like that process has been very like fruitful for me and yeah. I've learned a lot about my game and obviously I would love to be of on the course. corn fairy tour last few years PJ tour but hopefully going forward I've learned a lot there and yeah. I can kind of use that and use kind of like how I matured yeah just like as a golfer and how to travel and where to stay and just like stuff like that to my benefit going that's forward. so funny you say because I was interviewing a couple of people that are in uh, work for Corn Ferry or whatever and they said don't look at the job that you're doing right now as it's your end job you gotta look about how you get there and that it matters what you do now right. but to take that next step forward absolutely absolutely yeah. this is the PJ Tour is all of our you know of end goal and, and we all still want to be the best player in the world yeah. and this is a step in the right direction right. and we're just gonna continue to try and get better and well don't be too hard on yourself yeah, yeah it's yeah. that's that's another thing that I struggle with it's, it's hard as a perfectionist yeah. in, in pro golf it's yeah. like <laughs> it's, it's tough to really tell yourself, like, okay, we are moving in the right direction, even if the results aren't showing. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, Mitchell, we wish you the best of luck. Hope you make the cut. Yes, ma'am. You're great. I appreciate and so, it. not, we really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so Thanks much. So I appreciate much. it. So I'm here today with Noah Goodwin, who just finished his second round at the Veritex Bank Championship. So Noah, good two days, right? It was a good two days. It was indeed. Tough day today? It was tough. It was really windy out there. Of course, it's just firming up like crazy. Really? Like yesterday afternoon, it was already firm. And so I kind of came out this morning thinking it would be a little bit softer and the wind was just pumping already. Yeah. So you just kind of have to buckle down and try to get whatever you can out of it. It's going to keep playing tough this afternoon. So it wasn't easy for anybody out there. Yeah, I was 
just noticing the same thing, just watching people on the 18, this is getting a little bit harder and harder, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. the course is just continuing to firm up. The wind is not dying down, <laughs> and uh, it's kind of, it's crazy out there. It's a little bit of carnage, so. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So listen, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about Noah. So tell me a little bit about you, Noah. When did you start playing golf? I started, man, as uh, diapers, probably. Really? But I really started taking it seriously. Seven, I would say. Okay. Five to seven, probably. Okay. I was a really small kid growing up. Yeah. I didn't really have options to play a whole lot of other sports. Yeah. And I just loved going out to the golf course with my dad. And yeah. I fell in love with the grind of golf. Of Aww. It was just whatever whatever hard work you put in is what you got out of yeah. it. It wasn't how big you are, how strong you are. It was yeah. just, can you get the that. golf ball into the hole? Yeah. So did you play in like the North Texas PGA or the South Texas? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Denton. Okay. So I played in the North Texas PGA okay. a bunch. I played it in U.S. Kids, okay. TJGTs, Texas right. Legends and yeah. everything, and then yeah. moved on to AJGAs. When did you decide, at a certain point you have to decide, listen, I'm going to do this, right? Mm -hmm. So when did you say, okay, I'm good enough and I'm competitive enough. I'm going to pursue this path. I told my dad <laughs> when I was seven, I was going to play on the PGA Tour. Did you really? I did. Oh! <gasps> And, I love uh, that. No, I've never looked back since. Really? Uh, you never had a doubt after that? I wouldn't say I never had a doubt, but I knew this was something that I wanted to give myself to. Yeah. And I wanted to just see how far I could go with it. I love the sport more than anything. Yeah. It, it's given me a lot. I'm very blessed to be out here. Yeah. And very blessed to, just for the places that golf has taken me. Right. And I just want to see where it goes till the wheels fall off. awesome. I love that. So if you knew that you wanted to play, mm -hmm. I see a lot of play players out here. I know there's a lot of daily stuff that goes into being a really good player. Playing the Corn Ferry Tour, you gotta be a good player, right? Mm -hmm. So you play at SMU, is that right? I did play So at what's the difference between college golf and a, an event like this? Are there any differences? There are and there aren't. Okay. The college golfers and amateur golfers are becoming increasingly better. Yeah. I mean, Sam Bennett at yeah. the Masters, incredible yeah. example of that. Right. Um, golf in general has had a better place than it ever has been. Right. Um, the amount of talent, the amount of skills, the amount of just different ways to play. We're seeing people take off to new levels with hitting it further than ever. Right. I wouldn't say there's a whole lot of difference. Okay. You could say deep. Deeper, like deeper, deeper fields are fields. deeper, mm -hmm. but even then, it's uh, not a great argument. I, th I think a lot of the top college golfers yeah. can come out and play out here, and I think PJ Tour U has yeah. shown that as well. Totally, um, with the grads over the last few years right. and the grads that will continue to come through. Yeah, the line is definitely becoming more blurry as That's time interesting. goes on. I think I would agree with that. Just watching over the last seven years or so, just the increase in talent that's come through, just well, being involved with it. You know, we know more than we have have also True. like uh, the level of coaching is better than ever has been the right. level of fitness yeah is better than it has been yeah just the data that we have stats and everything yeah. we know more than we ever have and yeah. we're able to take that from a much younger age it would be stuff that mostly tour pros had access to yeah and now everybody can get access to that's it, true so. a lot of the internet stuff with like even YouTube videos yeah. on how to be a better golfer and things that you probably didn't have seven years ago eight years ago yeah right? there's so. just more knowledge out there more 
more people are knowledgeable yeah. and just more ways to close the gaps. That's awesome. So how do you stay motivated every day? You got to get up, you got to practice, you got to get up, you got to practice. Yeah. So how do you stay motivated to do that every day? I never want to view golf as a job to me. I love this sport more than anything, like I said. I can't treat it like a job. I don't want to lose the magic that I felt since I was I like love seven. That. This sport's special to me. I want to play it for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, it's hard. There are times when it's like, I really don't want to practice today. <laughs> and you kind of have that inner battle and everything because yeah. you know other people are working hard. Right. And I just think for me, treating it as something that's my passion yeah. allows me to go out there and just continue to have fun with it. Yeah. I just want to, I want to try to be the best that Noah Goodwin can be. And right. I want to see how far that goes. So. I love that. I love that you said it's like the magic of it because it's something you really have a passion about, right? Yeah. I'd rather not be doing anything else. It's uh, <laughs> Golf's always my happy place. Yeah. I like to say the worst day on the golf course is still a really good day. Oh, that's it. So. That's true. So I've been asking everybody this, and since you're really, what are you, 21, 22 now? I'm 22. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, if you had to look back and say, you know, there's 10-year-old Noah. Oh, yeah. Okay. 10-year-old Noah, and he's like, okay, I love all these little events I'm doing, and this is what I want to do. What advice would you give your 10-year-old self? Just have fun. Just have fun. Just enjoy it. Yeah. It, whenever you're 10, 11, 12, and you start competing like in bigger events and everything, right. it's easy to get caught up in it all. And maybe it doesn't go the way you want to, and you really beat yourself up. And yeah. I'm sure it motivates you to get better and everything. But at the end of the day, I don't remember half the tournaments I played in when I was 12. They don't matter at the end of the day, and they don't really have an effect on anything. And so I would just say, have fun. Just always keep the magic with it. Just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Because if you're having fun, it's going to be something that you want to do forever. Yeah. And golf is a sport that you can always play forever. So never lose sight of that. And no, just buckle down, grind. <laughs> I need to grow whenever I was 10, 11. Yeah. So I would kind of say trust the process. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna grow eventually. Yeah. And yeah, just have fun with it. That's awesome. Well, we're so excited to talk to you, Noah. We wish you nothing but the best at this tournament, but for your career. Thank you so much for thank you so being much. With us. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so excited. Thank you. I'm here today with Cole Hammer and Bobby Hudson, who just finished their second round at the Veritex Bank Championship. Thank you guys for coming and joining me on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, are you kidding me? Thank you. That's great. So y'all look like you're a little bit tired today. The wind blew us around. Question. There was a lot more thinking and plotting our way around today than there was yesterday. And um, I think it's safe to say we probably earned a nap. Yeah. No doubt. It's playing tough out there. I was actually a little bit dizzy walking up 18, going into the wind, downwind. You can hear sometimes and you can't hear. It's like all your senses were kind of messed up out there today. So did I hear that you had an eagle today? Did I hear that? Yeah. Is that right? We snuck in a long putt on number nine. Really kind of kickstarted our day, to be honest. That was like a big moment them swing because then we birdied 10 and it was nice it was a bonus because 40 feet hurt, 40 foot plus did you make a bogey today no you didn't make no bogeys so that's pretty good that's a really good day an hour win that's pretty good yeah that's pretty good so i was hearing and listen i'm not a golfer so i'm gonna use the wrong words but i was hearing that the winds have really firmed up the greens today tougher is that right or not no doubt about it it's it's playing it's like uh it's playing like concrete with grass <laughs> right now it is, it is it is a trampoline i mean you could hit a shot downwind 400 yards and you could hit a shot the same club into the wind 240 yards I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy out there but you've got to be kind of on point with your iron shots into the green with the winds it's pretty generous off the tee but to get it close with wind like this you got to be exact and he was on today i heard i'm really really everybody was talking today cole you had a really great day so congratulations that was Thank awesome you. glad to hear about that so i wanted to talk to you guys a little bit 
about y'all, what you do every day. So listen, golf is a grind every day. You got to practice a lot. You got to get out there and do things. So Cole, tell me a little bit about what you do to stay motivated to go out and practice every day. Yeah, I mean, tournament weeks are different than weeks at home for sure. Right. I mean, tournament weeks, casual golf fan doesn't really understand that we're it's a seven-day job. And we're out there Monday all the way through Sunday grinding. And you know what? When you love golf, it doesn't feel like a job, which yeah. is nice. But when I'm at home to stay motivated, I try to rest as much as I can. Yeah. We're on the road so much. And I have a tendency to lose a little bit of weight out there just because we're walking so much, yeah. losing water weight and whatnot. And so I, I really focus on just nutrition when I'm at home. And yeah. Just making sure that I do the right things mentally. And that way I, I can check that off the list when we come out. And compete. That's awesome. Bobby, I want to ask you, so you've been caddying for Cole for how long now? We started in Vegas. I'd done a couple tournaments before, but as a professional, I think we started in Vegas. So, I mean, 10 or 11 events now? Are we at 9, yeah, 10? Definitely. 10 okay. So what keeps you motivated to keep staying around golf and caddying and what you like to do the most? You know, I like being around the game and I kind of like the teamwork aspect of yeah. it and kind of preparing for the tournament and kind of attacking it. And, you know, you make some bad decisions, but hopefully you make a lot more good ones than bad ones. <laughs> right. And, you know, just trying to know when to push and not to push. Being a good teammate kind of is how I look at it. I staying love out that. of the way, too. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so, go. I mean, do you guys play off each other? I mean, a lot of advice giving or is it like you go, be quiet, Bobby, I got this? No, there's a lot of <laughs> advice. I trust Bob on, on in every situation because he's a great player in his own right. I mean, yeah. played professional golf forever and had an incredible college career and beats me half the time we play for fun. <laughs> it's very easy to trust him out there. And, yeah. Uh, it's nice talking through a shot with someone who knows my game as well as he does. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So what kind of advice do you give Cole? I mean, you know, he's starting his career out and, like, settle down. Do you have to give him mental or just, like, just go for it? You have yeah. to push him? Well, you know, I think what we just try to do is just trying to just get a little bit better each week and kind of just getting used to, you know, it's a different especially like out in the PJ Tour where we played a lot of tournaments, it's a different style of golf than yeah. playing in college. You're playing tougher golf courses where certain shots were in college, you might have been going to the pin, it might be a good shot to be 10 feet left of the hole and eliminating making bogeys. So it's, it's definitely a different style of golf, but he's adapting fantastic and he's played a lot of great golf and we're in a great spot here and looking forward to it. Yeah, I asked a couple of people who just got off of playing college golf, what, what the difference is about college golf than going into an event like this call I mean I think it's more of a, a marathon yeah versus a sprint in college you play for three days I hear you play for four but the biggest difference to me is the fact that there's a cut in college you're playing three days no matter what and out right. here you like they say you, you can't win it on the first day but you can lose it for sure and that, I mean I think that took a little bit of getting used to and but I think the main thing that I've had to really focus on out here is just limiting the mistakes yeah um, turning you know a double into a, a bogey and a bogey into a par and really just trying to make good decisions because it's easy to let rounds get out of control and I think we've started to really kind of fall into a good place with that one. Would you say being competitive is a game changer for you? Would you say you're both competitive? Oh, no doubt. (laughs) Trying to play our best, trying to win every week and trying to just compete, but for sure. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I ask that because a lot of people go, oh, you know, golf is such a gentleman's game or things like, I don't think you've never met a golfer. They're extremely competitive. And so do you feel like you had that competitive edge, Cole? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I'm good friends with a lot of the guys out here. We'll talk a lot on the putting green before and yeah. after we play, but for those five hours we're out there, it's no prisoners. <laughs> I love that, no prisoners. So the last question I just want to ask you, to so both of you, and I'll go to you first, Bobby, you said, what would you tell your 12-year-old self about golf? If you couldn't see your career, what would you tell your 12-year-old self? About my golf? Yeah. I would say keep going because 
golf has just been such a positive attribute to my life. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. I wouldn't I wouldn't be in Texas, probably. That's yeah. the only reason I went to Texas. So, made so many best friends, and now I'm getting to be around the best players in the world every week. And it's, yeah. It's taken me places I could have probably never dreamed of. I didn't, you know, think that I would be on this side of it, but it's, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I love that. That's great. How about you, Cole? I, on similar lines, I mean, the people that golf introduces you to is, is unlike any other sport. I played a little bit of baseball growing up and just the types of people that baseball brings in and the type of people that golf brings in are completely different. Every day you meet someone new and learn something about yourself and it's just an unbelievable roller coaster ride that I would tell my 12 year old self to just hang on for dear life and uh, <laughs> do everything you can to, to stay healthy and just enjoy every second and talk to everybody that you can possibly talk to. Yeah, I love that. I think Noah said earlier, he said, what I love about the golf is the magic of it. It's like a magical ride. You know, just don't lose that feeling that it's fun. Just don't ever lose that part. So I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thank you for a really great day. Hope everything works out. We'll see you in the next few days. Thanks so much. Welcome to Truth in Texas Banking. This is LaVonda Renfro. I am with two really wonderful people this morning, Emma and Hayden Springer. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Listen, I know golf is what you do sometimes, right? And it's a good thing. Sometimes. So, yeah, right? <laughs> Feels good, though, right? How was the last couple of days? They were fun. I didn't play as well as I would have liked to, but... It's always, you know, great to be out here. And yeah. It's just more experience. And, and, I mean, golf is, you can kind of break it down to getting better every day. So right. That's kind of how I look at it. And so that's kind of moving forward, just trying to get better. Well, we wish you the best of luck in doing that, too, because we know it's tough out there every day making that grind. Thank you. And one of the things that we're really interested in talking with you guys about, two people who have their own organization talk about what's affected their life. Golf is something you do, but there's bigger things in the world than, than golf, right? So I just want to talk to you a little bit about your daughter and see how she's doing and talk to you a little bit about your organization as well. Sure. Yeah, so we have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter named Sage who was diagnosed before birth with trisomy 18, which is an extra 18th chromosome. So right. I always compare it to Down syndrome. Most people would have heard of that. That's an extra 21st chromosome. So okay. it's kind of the same type of idea. Um, so her, the start of her life was very kind of tumultuous, and she was given a very very short life expectancy of about right. one to three days right. um, and we really advocated for her and through that advocacy and making connections and God opening doors for us we were able to take her to another place out of town for care and for her to receive some life-saving surgeries and right. stuff and so since then it's become really important to us to right. empower parents to advocate for their children and if that means you know, taking them to another city, another state even sometimes, providing them the assistance to do so because right. we never want finances to be the thing to Never. keep them from being able to raise their child. And right. so kind of the big pillar that our organization started with is financial assistance for traveling to receive that care. So okay. we help with um, travel, whether that's gas or airfare, we help either finding or porting, like providing resources for accommodations, whether that's connecting them with the Ronald McDonald house or paying for their lodging or whatever that is, right. as well as, you know, food and, you know, things like that to try and 
make it possible for families to not let finances affect their ability to get their children the care that they need. And recently, we've decided to expand our mission because now that our daughter is older, it's kind of revealed this kind of gap in the market that there's yeah. a growing amount of support for pregnancy and early infancy stages of this diagnosis, but there's not a lot of organizations out there for people living with, with this diagnosis mm-hmm. and raising these kids. So we're expanding our mission to also help adaptive aids and, um, you know, therapies and things like that that go into minor home modifications, whether that's putting in a wheelchair ramp, right. or, you know, getting a special type of seating or, you know, all of those things that go into raising a child because there's much more beyond the first year of life you right. know, that is, can still have financial impact as well as, you know, just needing guidance on those things. So that's kind of what our thing is expanding to. Right now and we're kind of in the process of navigating that expansion and kind of rebranding. Well, I think what you said was really interesting because I, you're right, from infancy there's probably some help with that, but after that, because of the life expectancy and what people tell you, exactly. but there is that life after that. So tell me about Sage. Tell me a little bit about her. She's got to be just a wonderful human being. For what she's she's gone through and she wakes up every day smiling, Love kicking that. her legs, yeah. rolling around. I mean, her smile is, is infectious. It'll light up a room, huh? Yeah. Room. So yeah. it's pretty awesome. Like, I mean, being her dad, I I, I want to see her smile. Like, yes. You know, you can set a toy in front of her. She doesn't care that much. But you pick her up and hold her and move her around. Yeah. And, you know, eye contact. All Like, she just, she loves it. She loves that. Um, we always say she's an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. She, loves, <laughs> she loves to be tossed in the air. She loves to spin. She loves to dip. Anything that would kind of make your stomach drop, uh-huh. it just is, like, so much fun to her. And she'll sit there and throw herself backwards trying to get you to dip her she could go for hours just being dipped. it's kind of funny how like that's that's really like what she yeah she likes that's her thing to see it, yeah you know, like that's that's kind of an interesting part of this part whole of thing right this, yeah. you wouldn't yes. maybe wouldn't think that about right. it but when you find that says something she realized joy at, at six months old that's what she was, <laughs> she was wanting to be dipped backwards it's like you know most six month olds don't want to be dipped backwards like exactly that, she loved it oh that's there's amazing a, there's a lot of really harsh and kind of insensitive language that can be used whenever you're pregnant to describe what their life will look like. You know, words like a vegetable and things like that will be inaccurately used to describe children with this diagnosis sometimes and say, you know, they'll never smile, they'll never have any quality of life. And she just clearly shows how incorrect that is because she is so full of life. And of course her, she's developmentally delayed. She doesn't behave or act in in the way a typical two and a half year old would, right? but she loves her life and she sure knows how to have fun and how to bring joy to other people. So for us, that's the most important thing. I, mean, I love that. that she has a great life. Well, I love that you have a purpose for her as well for others who may be going through this, right? Because yeah. she has a purpose. Every life that's born has a purpose, course, right? Yes. And that's so wonderful. I'm so thankful for people like you. It's- <laughs> Makes my heart really happy. (laughs) So how can people give to your organization that may want to help out? Yeah, so our website is springerfamilycares.org. Okay. And you can find us on social media at Springer Family Foundation. Okay. As I kind of mentioned earlier, we're expanding, and with that is going to be actually coming kind of a rebrand, and we're getting a new name in the coming months, and that's all kind of happening behind the scenes right now. Okay. So if you find us now and you stay tuned, (laughs) you'll kind of see new things coming soon. Oh, that's Right now, we're Springer Family Foundation on 
Instagram and Facebook, and our website is Springer Family Cares, and you can find ways to donate on all those platforms. Well, thank you. We'll be looking forward to that, and thank you guys so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Of course. Welcome to Truth in Texas Bank. I'm here with Jen Palmer, and many of you know I've interviewed Jen before, yes. and so awesome to have her on the show again, and, and without Ryan today, so I'm really excited to just talk to you about your <laughs> yes. story a little bit, right? Yes. So Jen is a breast cancer survivor, and one of the things I love about Jen's story is, you know, that the care she takes with others and making sure of early detection, but also that there's a way out. It doesn't have to be, if you catch it early, you know, there's a way to cure breast cancer. So tell us a little bit about your story, Jen. Okay. Well, I was diagnosed through my 40-year mammogram. I didn't have a lump at all. I didn't feel anything, um, but the technician saw something very small right. on the mammogram and suggested further testing uh, with an ultrasound. And so when I went into the ultrasound, I mean, that day, he actually told me that he was 95% certain that I had breast cancer. He did think it was in an earlier stage than it was. So, of course, they sent me on to a biopsy rather quickly. And I was able to get the results back in 24 hours. It ended up being invasive ductal carcinoma, which just means it has spread a little bit more throughout the breast tissue. And at the time, we didn't know that it had spread over to the lymph nodes. But once I had surgery, we found out that it had actually spread to the lymph nodes. I did chemotherapy, which lasted for a, a whole year because I did one part of it first and then I had adjunctive chemotherapy for the rest of the year and then I did radiation for the entire treatment itself it was about a year okay to get through all of the treatment itself well what for, the, for breast cancer you're a dentist you're obviously know about health right yes. you're you know educated yes I want to ask you you know you have a purpose for finding for others were you scared I mean I'm, you know as a mom and as yes. a wife so I mean obviously I was young yes. and my children were going in to second and fourth grades. Right. Ryan was actually over at the Open Championship when I had the mammogram. Okay. And then he was over in Canada, I believe, when I had the biopsy and the results came back. It is really scary because you feel like what someone told him is like you feel like you're in maybe the ocean and you're trying to like paddle one way, but it's just pulling you another and take another way and taking you down. When you first get that diagnosis, yeah, your mind goes through all sorts of scenarios and questions and and you really don't know what you're going to do. Right. For me, once I got that first month, because it's just a waiting game, trying mm-hmm. to get into surgeons and medical oncologists and radiation oncologists. So once you do get that treatment plan in place, right. that's when I started to settle down and realize, like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to fight make- this. We're going to get through it. Um, and we did wait to tell our kids until closer to my surgery. Right. I just wanted to make sure I had enough information to give them. Even though they were younger, I'm not sure how much they actually understood it at the time but yeah um, other than mommy's but yes it go is. Through something. It's, it's really hard and to share you know quickly for me it was hard it was never going to be as hard for me as it is for some women 
because I had a great support system through right. my husband and my family and my friends, and we also had really great health insurance, which means everything in this situation. And yes. I also had a medical background where I was able to research and fight for myself, where some women, they don't have the support, they don't have that background, and so that's obviously one of the reasons why we started the Breast Cancer Initiative with our foundation, right. was because of that, because I was so lucky and thankful and blessed to have those opportunities of support right. financially and with family yeah. and through my health insurance that a lot of women just do not have. So your foundation, is that the purpose behind the foundation is to really help educate women on what they can do and how to get help that they need? Yeah, so we have, obviously we have several pillars, but the part that's for the Breast Cancer Initiative, um, we really wanted it to be something tangible. Mm -hmm. Our main thing that we focus on is... Um, Hope kits to give to women who are actually going through treatment that have some necessities in right. those boxes to help them get through that. And then we also work with a mobile mammogram unit Good. to provide mammograms to women in need. And um, ours is really not on the research-based side. Yeah. Because yeah. when Ryan and I were talking about it, we really wanted something tangible. Right. That, like, something, they could something that hold. could happen and be effective immediately. Right. So that's kind of how we started, you know, with that breast cancer initiative and we just hope that we can continue to grow it and start doing a whole lot more with it yeah. as the years go by. Yeah, I watched what y'all give out and at the bank we give out over 1700 care packages to yes. for cancer patients the yes. same same so we we have a kind of an affinity for that to help support your foundation but also that's something that with the women in banking there's probably at the bank 75 to 77% of our our employees are women and yes. so to help provide that tangible thing to, yes. to others it's really <laughs> necessary so I also know you do the smiles tell me a little bit about that yes. so we also have the brighter smiles initiative which we actually started early on in the foundation and it was called birdies for brighter smiles okay so you could actually donate money for each birdie that Ryan made and then we kind of change things and so now it's just called brighter smiles initiative and what we do is we just provide braces for families in need for kids who you know they're just not able to afford that yeah and because obviously we feel like a lot of your confidence comes from your smile that was what ryan and i both talked about and really wanting to do to to help some of these kids just build their confidence and so that way they're just kind of able to face I'm, each day yeah remember you, you know, were talking to me about that that would to see a kid yeah had that bright smile and that confidence just exude yes. that they w might not have had before. Yes. It's, it's sometimes it's the simple things that we may take it for granted that without y'all's help, they couldn't have. Yes, right? and if you could read some of the stories that we receive, like after the fact, yeah. it's really unbelievable how these kids' lives are changed just from, you know, having that those braces. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I love having people with a purpose, and you and Ryan both have a purpose, and so thank you so much for everything you do. Yes. We really appreciate Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Jen. Thank you. Okay. So I'm here today with Latoya from the Boys and Girls Club. Okay, so I just got to hear you talk about all you guys do, and now I'm tired. 
you guys do a lot, right? Yeah. So I want to find out, Latoya, from you. I mean, I know about the Boys and Girls Club and all the great work you do, but you have to have a purpose-driven life to do the things that you do. So tell me what makes you want to help others like this. Absolutely. I actually started it as a volunteer with the Boys and Girls Club. Okay. So I came in, volunteered, you know, just coming in and teaching the kids about financial literacy. Yes. Well, while there, I saw that there's a different need and maybe that I could shift my purpose and seeing how I can impact youth a little bit differently. Right. And be there on site full time. Yeah. Through coming in the doors and just my interactions with the kids and making connections and just feeling like you actually see the progress in a child on a daily basis. Right. And being able to watch, you know, your kid that might have been eight year olds when you started all the way through their high school and into college. That's what brings me back through the doors every day. Yeah. It's seeing the progress of little things that we do every day and how it can add up. Yeah. And how it builds in to our kids and to who they become and who they are. You know, that's amazing. So you saw a need and you saw, okay, there's something more we can do here, right? It's not it's not just about me volunteering, but you found a different purpose and you found that. So do you ever have days when you get up and go, I don't want to do this today? No. I love because that. every day is different. Yeah. I don't think I've had in the last 10 years that I've been there. Really? I've not had a day that has been exactly the same every single day. Oh, that's so Something awesome. different every single day. And that's what makes it really joyful. Yeah. Because I've been at the job where you come in, you clock in, and it's just repetition every yeah. day. In yeah. and out, hours and hours. My day is never the same. Yeah. And that makes it fun to be at. You know, it's funny you say that because I always tell her I've been working for a long, long time because I'm really old now. But since I've worked with Veritex and with Malcolm Holland before, I have never gotten up and not wanted to go to work. Mm -hmm. And then when you find that in your life, to me, that's purpose, right? It is. That you can still want to get up and affect yourself that way and other people that you work with. So tell me a little bit about what your most favorite. I've heard about the culinary. I'm really excited about the culinary events. So you're going to teach others to cook as well. Absolutely. And provide hot meals for children, right? Yes. So tell me how that got started. So we saw a need through COVID. Yeah. So through the impacts of COVID, we realized, you know, our kids weren't receiving food through school because all of our kids were being homeschooled. Right. So we began to just hand meals out through the front doors of our clubs. Right. Right now, we've always worked with a third party, and we figured if we in-house these opportunities, Mm -hmm. it gives us a greater reach, and we can reach more kids. Right. So when you really think about your after-school programs, a lot of them are limited to the walls within the buildings that they're in. Right. But by us expanding this program, we're able to take that food into the community. We're able to go into the communities that don't have the after-school programs. Right. We're able to take foods into, you know, areas that just aren't able to be reached with fresh food. So it just reaches a different opportunity. But also we want to make sure that we're encouraging the kids to have the skills right. to be able to do it themselves at home. Right. So outside of just, you know, teaching them how to do the cooking, how do you select the right foods? Isn't you that know, interesting? What are the green foods? What are the red foods? What are the superfoods? Right. We want to educate them on those things also, uh-huh. not just teach them what they are and how to use them, but really truly educate them so that they can make informed decisions about the things that they're putting into their body, mm-hmm. understand the calories, how do the nutrition feed different parts of your brain, your eyes, you you know, your liver, your kidneys. We want them to have the full understanding of what goes into their body. Right. And how do you use that to help not only yourself, but other people? Well, I love how you 
take education as well as nutrition because it's both, right? Yes. And so to be able to do that, so they have a lifelong lesson, not just what they eat that day. Exactly. Right. So I want to ask you one other thing. So when you were growing up and you said, okay, what am I going to do with my life? What is it that you thought you were going to do and what do you find now is different? I really wanted to be an attorney. Okay. I'm a very argumentative person <laughs> by nature. Uh-huh. I really thought I was going to be an attorney. And I think I ended up meeting someone who worked at a boys and girls club and they were like, hey, we need volunteers to come in and do certain things. Right. And through that, I mean, once I walked through those doors, I haven't been able to walk in and walk out of them. Um, three of my four children actually have attended the boys and girls club. Okay. Currently attend the club. Okay. So I've been able to see how that program also impacts them and right. some of the decisions that they're able to make. They've loved going. They've made great friendships. That's last, awesome. You know, lifelong, lifelong lasting right, friendships. Right. Um, and it's just been joyful. That's I mean, awesome. It's, it's it's hard to explain the joy that you feel when you can make someone else happy. Someone right. who may not have that person at home right. that's asking them, how was your day-to-day at school? You know, tell me something good, tell me something bad, and what do we do to fix it? Yeah. Everybody doesn't have that. Right. So to be that person that someone can have, it truly makes you feel valuable, but it truly allows you to see the value you're putting into somebody else. Wow. I feel like a loser now, but yeah, you're really great. So, Latoya, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so happy that you talked about finding joy in what you do, but helping others find joy as well. If we all did a little more of that, the world would be just a little bit better place, right? Yes, it will. So, thank you so we're much for joining step me. Step. <laughs> thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye bye. Welcome to Truth in Texas Banking. I'm LaVonda Renfro, and I'm so excited. You guys are going to love this next conversation we have with Darlene Ellison. We are out at the Corn Ferry Veritex Bank Championship, and today we had our first women in business at the event in the VIP tent. Darlene, what's going on? Oh, my goodness. This is so <laughs> much fun. Um, I don't know why it took us so long to figure out that if we're going to have a golf tournament, we're going to be the Golf Bank of Texas. I think we're the Women in Business Bank of Texas. <laughs> And we put the two things together, yep. and yep. all the women showed up. It was I mean, so much fun. What is it? Like 40 women here. Yeah, they're crazy. having such a great time, right? I love it. So tell me a little bit about, you know, people know you, of course, and you're awesome. But <laughs> tell me just a little bit about Women in Business, so people who may not know about it. Sure. Women in Business, we've had it since since the very beginning yes. of Heritex Bank. Um, and founded, before, even. And before. And, right. and, you know, I founded it really just because I felt like women needed a space that was kind of like the 19th hole. Right, you know? right. And and where you could, you know, maybe have a little wine, a little, you know, a little cheese, <laughs> lots of lots of networking opportunities and conversations. And I never imagined in a million years oh my that God. it's 17 years later that we would have five groups. Yeah. Veritex has five women in business groups in Dallas, Fort Worth and Houston. And um, and that we'd be at the Veritex Bank Championship networking and having fun. Now, we also have uh, bank accounts for right. women in business, right. kind of taking the nickel and diming out of banking for, right. for women entrepreneurs. But my favorite part, I know it's kind of yours too, <laughs> is the um, summer internship program yes, where we favorite. actually, it's a matchmaking of women-owned businesses, community leaders, business leaders mm-hmm. with young women who are entering their sophomore, junior, and yeah. senior year of college. It's fun. You know, I, I, being involved with it for the last 12 years with you and, and watching it grow, but you leading it, of course, one of, the, one of the things that does make me really happy about what we do is the internships. Not only that Veritex Bank sponsors one, but all the, the women in business that are part of your group, they sponsor internships. Correct. And Correct. that 
I mean, listen, that's the way to make the girl go around where women can find out what they want to do and how to do it. Right. And, you know, the big, the biggest thing that when I talk to the mentors, because that's what they are, and right. I say, this is not just a summer job. Right. I really want you to provide a mentoring opportunity right. with these women because it's really not about what they're studying. They may, may you know, be in a completely different industry that you're in. Right. But I want them to see how a woman does it because, quite honestly, you and I both know this. Right. We're moms. We, you know, we've been women in banking like with little kids before and and sports and you juggle a lot of stuff you juggle a lot and i want these young women to see a that if you have an accounting degree it doesn't mean there's only one job you can do exactly there are a gazillion jobs you can do with an accounting degree yeah to, to be able to manage taking care of elderly parents raising your kids that can allow you to go run and get your kid when they're sick you know right. at school or right. you know whatever it is and i want these young women to see that the opportunities are endless yep and i also really i'm very passionate and making sure the women see that there are um, the world is not against women in business. No, they're not. It's not. And, and you know, you hear things and you see things. Oh my and, gosh! And the, the reality is, the doors are wide open for women. Right. It's not the year of the woman. It's like the <laughs> century of the woman. And and I'm and I love men. Yeah. But but quite honestly, yeah. there's so many opportunities for young women today. Yeah. Heck, if old women like us <laughs> are still here, and and you know, it's our job. Yeah. It's our commitment it's right. our opportunity it's our blessing right. to be able to take these young women by the hand and lift them up and that's what the mentorship is really yeah about. one of the things you always love when i talk to you which is a lot i mean <laughs> you and i had this thing but one of the things you've said quite a few times that i thought was one of the most profound things and i've told my daughter this as well is that if don't work for a company that has the kind of relationship where I hear about, you know, toxic and, you know, harassing. They don't like women. It's like, work for a company that says, yes, you're a woman, go. Right. And you're a person, go, right? And so 100%. I hope that that's something we provide as well, but it takes all of us to make that happen, right? right? You have to be a part of something, right. women lifting women up, but also just human beings lifting human beings up. Completely. And I think part of that is, you know, I talk about the Veritex culture a lot, but I really feel like, you know, we're able to do this because we are part of a culture right. that does that. Right. This is what you do. We lead with community. We lift people up. We bring them up with us. We, you know, we care for people first. Right. And I think that that's that's a culture. That's a mantra that just carries down through the programs. Yep. And this happens to be one of the ones that it carries down. Yeah. And um, listen, you're. I always hate following you when you speak because you're so <laughs> dynamic, which is awesome. And I consider myself a pretty good speaker, so always following you is always fun. You're awesome. <laughs> but one of the things you've always said, and I love this mantra, and I want you to repeat it because it's my favorite thing in the world. So make friends first. And the business will follow. Darlene, you are just <laughs> a bright light. I'm so thrilled to work with someone of your caliber. Thank you so much for being oh on the show. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, LaVonda. This is third time to charm, right? <laughs> no, thank Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much. Welcome to Truth in Texas Banking. I'm LaVonda Renfro, and today I have with me Hagen Parkman. Hagen has grown up with us, and we just love her to death. And she is with the Corn Ferry, and on, we would call Inside the Ropes to some degree. And so, Hagen, tell me a little bit about how you got started in golf. Okay, yes, I would love to. First of all, thank you for having me. This is a, a home game for me, so <laughs> so honored to be here. Um, so I actually first got involved in golf when I was um, in school at Texas A&M. Right. I worked in a pro shop. I actually wanted to be a cart girl, and I'm thinking I would you know, make good money that 
that way and they put me in the pro shop yeah and so working in the pro shop I really just got a sense of the community that's surrounding golf right. and got to learn the sport I kind of had to fake my way around because they'd be like what are the greens rolling today and I was like not nah, I would just make up a number I don't know <laughs> and so I really had to teach myself you know everything but that's how I first got involved and then right out of college the first job that I got was with a smaller developmental tour okay and so yeah took yeah. that to social media and then a couple years down the road just haven't left well I, I had heard that you say before that one of the reasons you liked it is you really like sports and mm -hmm. you and when you were at A&M Johnny Manziel was there and it was mm -hmm. a big arena sports thing so one of the things I love what you always talk about is um, when I ask you what what would you advise would you give to young girls who want to get into sports mm -hmm. and what advice do you say hey stay with it mm -hmm. absolutely I think one of the main things for me what I love to tell people that are just getting started is right. don't let any job be too small for you mm -hmm. it's really really important to learn the ropes at the very bottom level and so for me like I like I've told you before I wore seven different hats in my first <laughs> yes. job I was marking the course I was picking hole locations I had no business doing that but I did it and I was running social media um, you know training volunteers and at the time that's not what I wanted to be doing long term I knew I wanted to be in the media side right. um, but I learned the ins and outs and so doing that I now have an appreciation for every single person yeah. out here on the Corn Ferry Tour and so doing that just just trained me up to be where I am today so I just tell people start at the bottom and don't let that be shameful that's that's not a bad place to start right um you don't have to be on the PGA Tour the NFL on your first day on the job um appreciate those moments that you're not because you're going to look back and, and be so grateful for that time so yeah. stick with it and if you love it and you work hard you're going to get to where you want to be oh, I love that it's great advice for anyone not just young girls especially that but tell me though a little bit about you know golf versus other sports mm -hmm. why golf I love golf because it's so inclusive I yeah. mean this is a sport where where, you know, my grandpa and my fiance can go play together. You know, they're not going to go shoot hoops. You know what I mean? <laughs> Golf is the sport that brings all genders, all ages, um, from all different backgrounds together. And I just, I love that it's a sport that everybody can play, and it really does bring people together. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Well, Hagen, we're so glad you're with us today. Thank you for everything you do for us, and wish you the very best. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks for having you. me. Thank you. Today I have Shane Super, who is with the truck, mm -hmm. went the Corn Ferry Tour, and so I wanted to talk to Shane a little bit about what is the truck. So the truck is our operations truck mm -hmm. that we take to uh, every stateside event we have. Right. So we have 26 events a year. Um, five of those are international events. So our truck is at the other 21 events. Yeah. And in that truck, we carry everything we need to score the event. So we've got laptop computers. We've got the cell phones that the volunteers use to score. We've got all the radios, batteries, all the communication stuff. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's basically our little mobile office and yeah. kind of turned into a mobile museum over the, over the last few years. It's so funny because I've been through the truck before mm -hmm. it's so interesting so one of the things i really enjoyed about it was seeing the autographs but also seeing all the the um, first responders yes. all the things you have there so tell me a little bit about that so we do have a wall in the truck it's our first responder wall so every city we go to we try to get either a police patch a fire department emt right. something along those lines to put up on the wall so if yeah. you go in there now we've probably got over 50 different patches that we've yeah. got up on one section of the wall for us that's so awesome so so what is the name of the school that's on the 
outside of the truck? The name of the school. Oh, there? there's a bottle opener. Yes. A bottle so, opener. So what is that about? Tell me that story. So we've got a tradition on the truck where we have a wall <laughs> of bottle openers. Right. And they all look the same. They're the same style. Right. With whatever logo or team you have on it. Right. And we tell people, if you bring us one and it looks like this style, we'll put it on the truck. Right. Well, on the truck, we're all huge college football fans. Y'all are. And we're Love it. mostly SEC fans. <laughs> Um, so we had a gentleman bring on a bottle opener that was for an SEC school, mm-hmm. Auburn. Yes. None of us like Auburn. <laughs> we think they're all way overrated. So we didn't lie. We did put that bottle opener on the truck. We didn't stick it on the wall with the other openers. We put it on the outside of the truck. We flipped it upside down so you can't use it. So that bottle opener is just like the Auburn Tigers, which is useless. <laughs> I love sorry that for story. Any, sorry for any uh, Auburn Tiger fans. When y'all go to Alabama, you can't talk about that, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. So tell me a little bit about um, what is the premise behind the, the truck and why do you do the things that you do with trucks for your players? So outside of just the basic operation and work part of the truck, right? Um, that truck goes, like I said, to every stateside event, and it's become over the years something that's a constant for the players and caddies out here right. that it's familiar to them. So they right. stay, obviously, different hotels hotels and houses week in and week out and different golf courses every week and this is something that's never going to change it's going to be there for them every week they know if they've got questions or they just want to relax they can go in the truck and and we'll be able to help them out i love that i love the story that that's something that's that continuity that makes them feel a little bit at home they know Mm -hmm. it's always going to be there so one of the traditions you have is at the end of the season or at the end of each tournament you have each of the tournament winners sign this great big white cooler so to Tell me a little bit about that. So we do have a big white cooler on the truck, and we call it Great White because we're very creative people. (laughs) Um, Great White. There's actually several players in there right now sitting on Great White and enjoying (laughs) themselves. But we we have that. It may or may not be stocked with adult beverages. For 21 and older. For 21 and older only. Um, But we have a tradition where every Sunday the winner comes by the truck and signs the cooler. And at the end of the year, we give that cooler away to one of the tournaments. Basically, whoever made our life the easiest that week week yep we give them the cooler and the veritex bank championship i did look it up what won it? it in 2021 2021 which was okay the first so we year. have yep. to do some things to get it again yes okay yep so if i have you on here twice does that make make it help? that helps okay that helps <laughs> all right well shane thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it thanks for all you do for the players on the corn ferry tour well, thank you all for having us thank, thank you, you. Sawicki, who's joining us as our sports and golf director. So, Matt, welcome to Texas. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Matt, tell us a little bit about this your first year directing the tournament. So, how's it been so far? Oh, it's so much fun. It's been a great week having 11 Veritex golf ambassadors out here playing in this field. And what's so fun about the Corn Ferry is the intimacy you get with the players. And so, when you think of other sporting events and the ability to bring kids out here for free, Mm -hmm. you can't do that. You can't sit courtside at a Mavs game, you right. sit on the glass at, at a Dallas Stars game with your kids without spending a fortune, and, and you're literally within feet of some of the best athletes in the world who are pursuing their dreams, so uh, it's been a lot of fun. That's great. Well, you know, th- something we talk about at Veritex all the time is that we want you to dream big, and so this is what these Corn Ferry players are doing, right? They're dreaming big about, you know, going to that next step, but one of the things I would like for you to just talk about is that I don't think people realize the talent on the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, they're like one or two strokes away from being on the best of the PGA Tour. So tell us a little bit about that talent and how it 
comes to that. Well, and, and the Corn Ferry Tour, it is the pathway to mm-hmm. the PGA Tour. You really, there's no other way to get there without going through the Corn Ferry. And the graduates who are Veritex Golf Ambassadors, whether it be Scotty Scheffler, who started on this tour, Austin Smotherman, Max McGreevy, and others, you learn out here what it takes to compete at that next level. And the margin <laughs> is so small between being here and being there. And I think if you asked any of those guys on the PGA Tour whether or not they could be successful without having gone through right. this first, they'd all tell you, no, there's yeah. no way. I learned so much. Uh, and so that's why it's so neat to see these guys out here honing their craft, making that slight tweak to be able to get to the next level and be successful. It's so great to see that. And one of the things I really like about this tour is that you can be up close with someone and really say, hey, I saw him win, right? And that's kind of the cool part about it, as well as the children. So thanks for all you do, Matt. You know, you've really helped this tournament take it to the next level. And we're looking forward to lots more years ahead of us. Well, it's so great to be at the Golf Bank of Texas and uh, so many more great things to come as it relates to the Veritex Bank Championship. I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks so much. everyone. I'm here with Cheyenne Knight. She's with us at the Texas Rangers Club for the Veritex Bank Championship. So Cheyenne, tell us what's been going on in your world. I'm just kicking off the year on yeah. LPGA. Um, I'm excited that I could make it out just for the day. I um, have a major next week in Houston. Right. So I've just been home this past week just preparing for that and I've kind of had a all... I've been all over the world. Um, you have. Started this year, been in Asia, been everywhere. So I'm kind of excited to start the U.S. <laughs> swing now. So how long does that to... last? How long does the U.S. swing last? About it lasts until about mid July. Okay. And then we go to Europe. Okay. So here for a while. So that's kind of nice, right? Yes. Yeah. Nice. I can plan better. It's a lot easier travel. So I was talking with a couple of other players throughout the weekend. I was asking them, it's like, so what motivates you to? You know, keep going with the grind. The practices every day. I mean, the tournaments are one thing, but you got to practice. You have to, you know, have your short game. You have to be able to drive well. So tell me what keeps you motivated to keep going on. Yeah, I would just say I love to compete. I think that's just like my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. I love to, you know, play well and test my skills, you know, against the best players. And I love to practice. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> you don't feel like it, but I kind of have a, what helps me like stay motivated. I just kind of have a set schedule. Right. Kind of a checklist and stuff that I need to do every day. And then, yeah, you know, turn it on when yeah. I practice. And then when I leave, turn it off. So, you know, and I have goals, you know, I want to make like the Solheim Cup team. Yes. And, you know, I practice to be in contention every week. Right. So, yeah, I just love to compete. I think that's really interesting because you're like the fifth person that I've spoken with and every one of them said, I'm more competitive than you might think because I think sometimes they think golfers aren't very competitive. Oh, I know. And it's probably one of the most competitive it sports is. there is. And it's hard because, you know, you lose so much more than you win. Right. You know, it's right. got to get hot and you got to be, you know, 140-something other people that week. So, right. And Who are all trying to do the same thing exactly. you are, right? Yeah. yeah. And like sometimes when you finish fifth, it's a great week, but yeah. it's not a win, you know? So yeah. there's like little victories that come in every week. But yeah. The ultimate goal. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's difficult to achieve sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay because you keep going. So tell me what you like to do in your off time when you're not practicing or in the tournament. What's one of your favorite things to do? You know, I took a little social media break during Lent. Uh So I learned that I like to read. Okay. Um, You know, so I've read probably about like five books. Wow. That's like kind of been a nice, like, you know, I like to shop. I like to like just walk around the mall or like do something fun with like family and friends. And I like to just... (laughs) 
just, you know, spend quality time with people I don't get to see that much when I'm on the road. Right. Just my family and um, yeah. I like to hang out with Ooh. my dogs. And I also just love to chill and watch Netflix. And Yeah, like do an, a binge of Netflix sometimes, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I just like little things like go on a walk, go to the coffee shop. Yeah, it's funny how everybody, a lot of people gave up uh, social media for Lent. I, you're yes. like the fourth person I've talked to that gave that up. So I think that's really interesting just to kind of turn your mind oh, off it of it. Oh, it was great. And it was weird at first because <laughs> I would open my phone. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't have no it, one right? No called me. No one texted me. <laughs> just have to turn it back off. And my phone battery at the end of the day was like 60% rather than like dead at the end of the day. But, you know, and I like to watch like the TikTok videos of the animals. That's what I like. So yes. I yes. To, like fill my time. Else. But it was good. It yeah. Was, it was, it was much. It's, it's interesting. You, if you can do it, it's like okay, that's a that's a goal. I can do this for forty days, right? Yes. I can make that happen. So one of the things I've asked everyone, I want to ask you: when you look at yourself and where you where your career's gone, and you know your whole life through college and now in a professional career, what would you tell your twelve year old self? How would you? Get, what advice would you give to your twelve year old self? That's a good one. Um, it's funny. I've kind of been thinking about that because like where I'm playing next week in the woodlands, that's where I was born and raised and that's where I started playing golf uh-huh. um, I look back at like my 12 year old self I would just say to you know just be kind to yourself and you know yeah. you know as a kid I was just hard on myself oh, yeah. and everyone's hard on their self you know right like with anything it doesn't have to be your sport but right. I would just say um, you know be patient be kind to yourself like I've always kind of had like the drive in me but right I would just say like you know to enjoy the journey a little bit more and mm-hmm. not um, be so hard on yourself you know yeah um and you know just and enjoy it enjoy yeah the ride i love that you say that because that's that's something i've heard over and over again it's like if i had to do it over again i say have a little more fun with it because i mean I, I don't mind being competitive i don't mind being motivated i have all that but i probably would have had a little more fun enjoying where i was and not trying to get somewhere all the oh, time exactly yeah yeah it's always the next thing right exactly and i feel like with golf it's you know junior golf college golf and then professional golf right and, you know i do it every day now and that's right. what i wanted to do but mm-hmm. um and that's like something now like it is my job but you right. gotta turn it on turn it off and right. that's one thing as soon as the clubs go in the car turn it off and so yeah just enjoy it because like you know it's a yeah everything's stressful you know any job that you have and you gotta love it at the end of the day right and it shouldn't be so stressful sometimes where you just like forget like, yeah you know, why you started i think that's interesting because i think motiv- i think people get confused with motivation and stress right i mean yeah. you can still be motivated and try to cut it off exactly. i think that's really important yeah. well i really love having you Cheyenne as a Veritex Bank Championship at the Veritex Bank Championship but also being an ambassador for us. You're such a great person. We really oh. enjoy having you. Oh, I love representing Veritex Bank. I mean, it goes hand in hand into what, you know, I embody like with their truth and values. So thank you guys. Thank you so much, Cheyenne. So I hope you enjoyed listening to all the stories we hear on our podcast today. First of all, let me thank all the employees who came out and volunteer from Veritex Bank, as well as all the other volunteers. You got to hear stories about our players, what drives them, our volunteers, what drives them, and you know what? Women in business. We had a great turnout for that cause this weekend. So, thank you to Malcolm and the entire Veritex Bank team for all they do to help make this tournament a success. We are so proud of our Veritex Bank golf ambassadors. We want to congratulate Cole Hammer, Parker Cootie, 
Pearson Cootie, Mac Meisner, Mitchell Meisner, Noah Goodwin, Cooper Dossie, and Martin Flores for their great work on the course this week. Great thing about being the Golf Bank of Texas is that golf doesn't end here. Next week, you'll hear from Scotty and Meredith Scheffler, who will be discussing Behind Every Door and their purpose-driven life. Thanks for tuning in and listening to Truth in Texas Banking, where we have people with a purpose on every other week. Thank you. Thank you.